The nation of Israel, held out as a rebellious child, start to finish in the Bible. So the question is, what in the world is God going to do with Israel? Let's find out next. Welcome to Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules, featuring our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. We're continuing our survey of Romans. Today we find ourselves in chapter 11, looking at verses 1 through 10, and the first part of a two-part message called, What in the World is God Going to Do with Israel? Especially in light of their stubbornness and their rebelliousness, from Genesis right on through to Revelation. But God is going to do something. The question is, what specifically? Let's catch up with Pastor Phil and find out. And David says, May their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. What is God doing now with Jews? What is God doing now with Jews? Well, God is saving Jews. And Paul's argument is he saved Paul. And he said, hey, I'm a Jew. Look, God saved me. So God must not be done with Israel. He must have not wiped off Jewish people totally. Now, we need to say this because uh, there are certain groups Uh, that have no use for Israel. They have no use for Jewish people. Uh, They were said, they were often called in the Reformation period, which was uh, very hostile. Luther was terrible towards Jews. He had a terrible, he said terrible things about them. Great folly there. He was great theologian, but he saw no place for the future of Israel. And uh, uh, the reformers often called them Christ killers. Well, I'm going to ask you, who gave the official word to kill Christ? I think it was a Gentile ruler named Pilate. See, there's seven, seven people that had part in the death of Christ, and the first person was God the Father. He put him to death. So quit calling Jews Christ killers. And that was a common thing during the Reformation, an anti-Semitism Uh, an anti-Jewish feeling. Now, I want to say this too. Hear me well. You ought to pray for Arabs as much as you pray for Jews. God loves Arabs too. Did you know God saves Arabs? Some of you hope he doesn't. I always get that feeling. God loves Arab people. I don't care where you look. God loves Arab people. See, some get the thing, God loves Jews. Did God say he was going to save people out of the Arab nations? Yeah, you ought to read your Bible, and you ought to learn to say yes. Say yes. If it's yes, it's yes. We always talk about the white-black tension. The greater tension in all of history is the Gentiles against Israel. They're money lovers, a dirty Jew, all of this talk. It is totally antithetical to biblical teaching. 
God, they became enemies, he said, to us for the sake of the gospel. They will get Paul killed. They will lead to that. But he says, don't say God is done with them, and he's going to defend it. First of all, he saved me. Second thing, he gives a theological argument. How can God give up on those he elected? And he uses the word foreknew. And he only used the word foreknew of one nation. He said in the prophet, Hosea and Amos, you Israel of all the nations are the one I foreknew. Now that shows you foreknowledge is not just previous knowledge. It is synonymous with entering into a saving relationship with as a whole or an intimate relationship. I knew you as a nation, not like any other nation. I set my love on you in Abraham. I'm going to bring Messiah through you. I'm going to bring a king through you. I have special affection and a special plan and purpose for you. I will not abandon what I've begun to do, but right now the majority of the people that I begin with have turned away. They are stumbling over Christ, the stumbling stone. But I will not abandon my plan that I promised in the prophets and in the covenants. He will do it. When he says the lion and the lamb will lie down together, it hasn't happened yet, but it will. When he says there will be a binding of Satan for a thousand years, it will happen, just like he said. Do not be like uh, some of these radio teachers, Hank Hanegraaff and some of these guys, and said there's no difference between church and Israel. Israel, they are distinct people. Only Jews and Gentiles become one in the body of Christ. But that does not, the church does not fulfill all that he promised to Israel as a nation. They will have their own king on Mount Zion, not up there, down here. Now, most believers don't even believe that. They see everything is just merged together, that the church is Israel, Israel's the church. Not so. Israel is Israel, and there's church. Church is made up of all people, but God's got a plan, and he's trying to tell you here, don't get so carried away in believing what God's doing today as to say, he's written them off. He's assimilated them in the church. No, God's got some things in store yet to do in the nation of Israel. But he said, God saved me. He foreknew me. Then he says, hey, God is saving a remnant in the nation And he gives the story of 1 Kings 19. Elijah, he had a bout with the prophets of Baal, and 400 of them were killed. Uh, Jezebel is upset. They're out to kill him. He runs for his life. Uh, He's hungry. He's discouraged, and he's praying. And he gets in one of these kind of prayer meetings. Oh, Lord, nobody's serving you but me. Nobody on my job knows you but me. Nobody in my family knows you but me. Matter of fact, nobody in California knows you but me. Uh, When I was in Texas, especially in Dallas crowd, they thought anybody that went west of the Rockies were in foreign missions. I tell guys, I I said, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. They said, Is there any gospel there? I said, well, yeah, yeah. I, I said, you know, God, God actually illuminates people beyond Dallas. 
He actually said, because they could not imagine anybody being saved in the Bay Area. Is there anybody here saved? I just want to get a hand count. Okay, there's more than me. For a while, I just thought it was me. And Elijah's into this. It's just me, just me. And while he's praying, discouraged, running for his life, under the threat of death, God says, hey, by the way, I've got 7,000 in the land that never bowed to Baal. Seven. And Elijah said, 7,000? Where were they the day I had the contest? It was just me and 400 of them. Where were they? You don't know. Don't worry about it. And you know what? Sometimes churches get to act like we're the only one that's got it. You, you know. If God's going to do anything, he's going to do it through valley. I'm just hoping he does something through valley. He's doing plenty through plenty of churches, right? Do we not want churches in our area to abound we want God, we don't want them to have church trouble. We don't want them to go. We want every church in this Bay Area that loves Christ, preaches the word. We should pray, God, but when you drive by, you ought to say, God, bless that church, bless that pastor, bless its leadership. Let them abound till Jesus comes. We are not the only ones that's got it. I know it's hard on some of us, but you need to get over it. Quit looking in the mirror. There's more people in the world than what you see in the mirror. And they're better looking. So you need to look out. Look out. Look out. And here the prophets, you get that meitis, and you just study your navel and say, nobody's got it but me. No, no. You, you need to look up. Look up. And so he's telling Paul, and Paul's telling says, God's got more people being saved among Israel than we can even realize. He has a remnant, not the majority, not the whole nation, but this theology of remnant there is. And he's going to tell you after a while how you get in the remnant. Then he goes on and he says, not only did he save Paul, not only is there a theological commitment, not only the doctrine of the remnant, then he said, right now, contemporary, verse 5. So too at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. What is the remnant? The remnant are the people God is saving among the Jews. Well, how did they get it? Why are they getting it? Some of your favorite verses, God chose them to get it. Don't you love it? You mean chose? That's what he said, look. He's got a remnant chosen by grace. And you say, well, they had to do something. God can't just save folks at random. And if it's by grace, it's not by works. He wants you to be sure. There was nothing in them to draw it out. I told you about Jacob and Esau. I chose Jacob before they were even born. I told you, I chose you not based upon human willing, human doing, human uh, works. I told you, I chose, I told you I could uh, overlook Pharaoh and harden his heart, and I can save whom I will, because my justice I owe to everybody, my mercy I dispense to whomever I want. I dispense mercy to whomever I will, and I harden whomever I will, so that you say, God, you're that in control. I'm that in control. God, that sounds like you've got free will. I do have free will, and I can pick to do whatever I want without a vote. But God, that means you're in charge. Thank you. That's what I was hoping you'd pick up. 
When it comes to salvation, the Democrats nor the Republicans are running me. I save, I do whatever I choose to do. And if you get mercy from me, it's because I chose to have mercy on you in a special way. You say, that's not fair. No, it's not. It's mercy. You want fairness? Then you're lost. Pure justice says all the condemned are lost. Mercy is that you'd save anybody. And I've chosen to have mercy on some. That's how I formed this this whole remnant, like Paul, like Peter, James, John, of the thousands that got saved in Acts, God has said, I came down and I got me a remnant. I chose them out of the motive of grace. There wasn't anything good about them. They weren't better than anyone. Uh, Those saved are no better than those who never get saved. It's all with God. It's all of grace, all of grace. That's why, dear saints, don't get a strut. Don't be pharisaical. There was nothing in you that warranted God having mercy on you. The only part you did was the sinning and the running. God did the chasing and the saving. You, you know, they were interviewing a guy for membership, said, what did you do to get saved? He said, well, I did my part. God did his. And they said, well, what was your part? He said, sinning and running. And God's was saving and chasing. That's what we did. But, 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 but that means I'm in this thing. Uh, God, you just can't do that. I can't be in the remnant without having done something. I said, if there's any works in it, it couldn't be something I did in grace. Can I just give you something that you never earned? Would you just take my word for it? I'm an evangelist. This is the Billy Graham of the day. Can you imagine Billy Graham reading this text and preaching on it? We said, nobody's going to get saved. They're all going to be so mad that God chooses that they won't come back. Paul says, I can care less. I'm the greatest evangelist going on in the book of Acts right now. And this is what God told me to tell you. I love this doctrine of sovereign election. You know why? It slays human pride. And you might be amazed to hear, know this. Every time I preach on election, people get saved. And I can look you in the face and say, you know what? You may never be saved. You may not be elect. The only way you'll ever find out is if you put faith in Christ. That's the only way you'll find out. Otherwise, you'll just never know until it's too late. But right now, he says, come. Put faith in Christ. That's the only thing you need to worry about. Only thing. And no, he goes on. He said, uh, what Israel sought... So earnestly they did not obtain. That is, they wanted a right standing with God, but they thought it could be earned. And so they were perpetually into works, and they stumbled over Christ. And guess who got it? The elect. The elect got what Israel sought, but sought it by human works. And these folks over here that weren't even seeking God, the Gentiles included, God just looks them up and says, I'm going to save you. And that's what he said at the end of chapter 9. The Gentiles who were not seeking for God have found God. The Jews who were doing everything in their power to win God's favor have missed out. But he said, there's a remnant of us that got it, that God chose us by grace. And we're, God's obviously working with the Jewish people. I want you to know that. Then he says, uh, no, before I do that, I thought I would show you. Look at Ephesians. Let's just give you something 
Uh, six points. I want you to write this down. You'll be tested on it next week. Uh, six things about your personal election in the family of God. Has God chosen you? How many has God chosen? You know that. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, how many say I'm not chosen? How many say I don't know? Well, let me tell you, if you put faith in Christ, there's six things he wants you to know that election is the sovereign right of God to choose whom he will to be his children. Not everybody's God's children. You hear the fatherhood of God. We're all God's children. You've got to qualify that. We're God's children by creation, but we're not his by divine birth. We were all created. God would take that where he's the creator. In that sense, all humanity came from God. But in the sense of knowing God personally, that's a technical language. Watch what he says in Ephesians. Six things I want you to get. Watch this. Verse 4. Are you there? Uh, chapter 1. Walk in the Spirit and you'll know the exact chapters. Being Henri, I'm sorry. I think. Look at verse 4. For he chose us. Now, who is the he? Praise be to the God and Father. He's talking about verse 3. So it's God. God the Father. The source of our election is God the Father. He's the source. Number one, you got that? It's right there. You Bible lovers, underscore that. The sphere of our election chose us in him. Who's the him? Christ in Christ. Thirdly, the time of our election. You just tell me, before the, you mean I hadn't done any good works yet? When is before the creation of the world? I think it's back here. That's when he chose you. Do you see that? Are you looking at that verse? When did God choose you? Wait, 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 wait. I, I got saved uh, in uh, 1958. I thought God chose me that night. He had the plan back here. He just finally added me to his family in 58. But he already had a plan. Can God have a plan all the way from eternity? He does. By the way, lest I forget, I was going to announce this. May 2nd, Tommy Bradford, Independent Holiness Church on South 16th Street, Richmond. They're going to dedicate their new building. Now, you, cho you saints here gave $10,000 when that building burned down to replace all their instruments. So we furnished all the instruments that they're using now. Tommy said, you're the only church that helped us. And they're going to dedicate it on the uh, May 2nd. And I'm going to preach that dedication. We're going to take our choir, and we're going to have a good time. And I got saved just a block away. So I'm going to go over and see the church where I got saved. Ephesians, Church of God in Christ building. You want to keep that in your mind. May 2nd, we want to invade that place. And we want to rejoice. What does that got to do? It just came to my mind before he turned. That's just free. I, I meant to say it. Edit that out of the sermon. He chose us in him, the Father, source, the sphere, Christ, the time before the creation of the world, the purpose of our election, to be wild to be backslid and ornery. Oh, oh, to be holy and blameless in his sight. Oh, okay. Uh, what was the motive? What made God do it? 
in love, he, he predestined us. Are there any us here? Us. What was the basis for it? Watch this, watch this, watch this. To the praise of his glorious grace in accordance with his pleasure and will. The basis of it was, it's my good pleasure. It's in keeping with what I want to do. And I've consulted no one. And you got in. And you got in. I'm chosen. On my worst day, I'm chosen. Do you ever just get in front of the mirror? Especially when someone's talked bad about you. You get in front of the mirror and just say, I'm not everything they said I was. But I am a lot of things they don't even know yet because I know me. But on my worst day, Lord, you made me your choice. I'm yours. I'm one of your choices. Whatever it is, good, bad, or it's your fault I'm saved. Huh? It's your fault. I would have never, if you left me alone, I would have been lost. You're hard to stay lost with, God, when you want to save me. It was your idea. I'm yours by divine choice. And then he says he, he's even ordained the kind of ministry you ought to do. He's ordained a life of good works in Ephesians 2.10. What does this stuff do? It gives you meaning and purpose in the thick of suffering. No matter what's coming or going, God God was thinking about me in eternity past. How could he forget me now? For what he began in me, he will complete in me. He cannot give up what he started. He will complete. He will complete what he began. Some of you, he's never begun yet because we don't know where you are. There's no faith. I'm still looking. I'm just checking it out. I'm just, you just keep checking all you want. It won't change God, but it's going to change where you're going to be. Because God is not hard luck about filling heaven. He's going to fill heaven with everybody he's chosen. I hope you're there. I hope you're there. I know I'm going to heaven. You can know that. Does that sound cocky? Can you know you're going to heaven? I said, can you know it? Yeah. Can you know you're going to hell? Absolutely. What a, what a joy. And did you ever sing since Jesus came into my heart? What a joy in my heart since he came. I knew the day I canceled my ticket to hell, and I signed up for heaven. I know the day. I know the day. And he's saying here, God is choosing a remnant people out from among the Jews, just like he's doing it among the Gentiles. And now he goes to the hard part. But he's also hardening. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, and you're listening to our series called Israel's Past, Present, and Future, taken from a larger set out of the entire book of Romans. So we close out our time together here today on Truth For Today. We would remind you that copies of the series are available for $15 or more. It's an eight-CD set that we're making available to you when you ask for it by name, Israel's Past, Present, and Future. Now, if you would like the entire 47-sermon CD set, 
out of Romans, the entire book of Romans, that's available for a gift of $100 or more when you contact us at 855-833-9864. Your donations are all tax deductible, and they go to further the ministry here on KFAX. Please remember that. These are donations that we use directly in conjunction with the radio broadcast to make sure that it continues here on KFAX. So bear that in mind as you contact us for these resource materials, or if you're feeling led just to be a sponsor and a supporter of the radio broadcast, we'd love to hear from you as well. TFT sustainers are those who receive our quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift, and you also have access to Take a Break. It's Pastor Phil's weekly video devotional. And it's all available for those of you who come to us saying, yes, I'd like to be a part of the ministry. I'd like to be a TFT sustainer. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. We'd love to hear from you today. Would you call us? Again, the phone number is 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, 94547 is our zip code. You can also find out more information about us as well as the greater ministry at Valley Bible Church by visiting our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. You're always welcome to join us for worship as well here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We have two service times, 9 and 11. For the directions and more information, again, you'll find it all at valleybible.org or give us a call, 855-833-9864. And would you let one of the ushers know that you're paying us a visit through the radio program? That would mean an awful lot to us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 